What's up, mi gente? I'm Juani Ala from Latin Babbler Show, and you're listening to Latin Arte, where we bring you exclusive interviews with rising Latin stars of the world. ¿Listos? ¡Vamos! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Latin Arte from the Latin Babbler Show. My name is Juan Ayala, one of your hosts today, and I wanted to welcome my latest co-host who's joining me for the first time on the show, Miss Cecilia Ortiz. Hello, everyone. Uh, so let's tell the folks listening at home a little bit about today's guest. Joining us today is an actor from countless films and television series. You've been seen in Rambo, Last Blood, Magnum P.I., Chicago PD, Snowfall, and the The Last Ship, NCIS, and Better Call Saul. And very soon he will be starring in not just one, but two Netflix series, making his debut in the mega hit crime drama Narcos Mexico as the corrupt politician slash money launderer and drug trafficker Carlos Hank Gonzalez that premieres November 5th. And then in season two of Hentified as Ernesto Morales, a new character who is returning to his neighborhood of Boyle Heights, after leaving his family behind to pursue the American dream, which you can see November 11th on Netflix. Please welcome Manuel Uriza. Manuel, welcome to Latin Arte. How are you? Hi, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so before we dive into your upcoming projects, um, I want to just go back to the start of your career. Um, so you're originally from Mexico City and later moved to Miami. Uh, and mm-hmm. when is it that you started your acting career? When did that sort of... When did you get bitten by the acting bug? I actually, the, the, the acting bug came and bit me and when I wasn't even paying attention, to be honest with you, because it's the weirdest story. I did move to Miami initially uh, from Mexico City. Um, the, 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 my path into acting was so uh, unorthodox. I um, A friend of mine, when I was in Miami, called me and said to me, hey, they're, they're shooting the show Burn Notice. That It was very popular. Uh, during its run. And he said, they're shooting this show and there's the scenes, I think, on the beach and they're looking for background people and it's our day off. So why don't we go there and they give us like a hundred bucks just to hang out in the beach. I was like, hey, a hundred bucks, let's do it, right? So then I ended up going to the stages the next day because you had to sign a release or something like that. And when I get there, uh, there's like a line of people standing going into a room and they're going in one after another, one after another. It takes them like 10 seconds each, right? So when I go in, I walk in there and there's this this couch and this camera and people there like sitting in the couches, like looking at us. And honestly, to me, it didn't register because I never had anything to do with acting in my life. And uh, they tell me, stand there with the exit. So I stand and, uh, and they ask me my name, where I was from. And then one of the gentlemen that was sitting on the couch starts just struck a conversation with me. You know, so where are you from? And it was talked about the weather and about all kinds of random stuff, right? So we talked for about 20 minutes. So then when I go out, uh, a lady comes chasing after me. She's like, hey, uh, they want to see you for something else. It pays more money. And I was like, uh, all right. And my buddy that was there with me says like, oh, my God. They probably want you to be like the guy that brings the drinks and says, like, here's your drinks. They're going to pay you like a thousand bucks, man. I was like, no. Oh, my God. You know, I felt like I made it. And uh, I get home and they send me the sides mm-hmm. that I was supposed to read for. I had no idea even what sides were. And uh, and they sent me like 10 pages of sides, right? And I, as, as, as naive as I was, I email back this lady is like, ah, I got like 10 pages. I don't know which one is the one that you want me to read. And she's like, 
all of them <laughs> like oh yeah and i even told him like well look i don't want to waste your time I'm, I'm not an actor so maybe you're and she tells me like look i'm just the one sending the pages all right like I, i can't help you so then i called my friend i said look at they send me these things i don't know what's happening like i'll be right over so he comes <laughs> over and he like tells me you do this and here you do that and then so he just gave me like he just pretty much coached me through the whole thing so the next day i go back and i did exactly what my friend told me to like beat by beat and then when we're done i was like wow that's amazing this is what actors do wow well that was an experience all right you know check it off the list now i know what actors do and as i'm driving i get a call and they tell me like hi we're calling from burn artists we're trying to book you but we don't understand we, we can't find your reps I'm like well i don't i don't have any reps and you want to book me for what turns out it was like the main guest star of the show wow and uh so i was shocked i was like uh sure uh so then when i show up to the set like two months later because it was for another episode uh it's so funny because i get there right and i'm following the signs like okay parking for crew over there and you know park like five blocks away and then I'm walking with everybody and then I see everybody standing in a line uh kind of signing up at a table and I stand in line and I was like well they told me to be here at eight o'clock and it's 8 15 but hey I was here at eight I'm just standing in line so when I get to the front of the line uh they ask me your name I said well Manuel Uriza and, and and the guy looks and says like ah sorry I don't have your name I'm like oh well they told me to show up at eight did I get the day wrong And then a, a girl that was sitting next to this guy, kind of her, my name must have, you know, rung a bell. And she looks at me, she's like, oh, no, no, no. So I, I'm sorry, you're, you're over here and took me to a trip. So I was standing on the line of the, of the background people. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. And, uh, and then I show up to set. And the first scene we do was the same scene that I did during the audition. It was with the main character. And I just did the exact same thing. And they were like, okay, cut, moving on. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is so fun. They're, they're going to send me a bill. They're going to ask me to pay for, my, for their time here. And, uh, and that's how it got started. And later I learned because I became really good friends with the guy that, that was talking to me was a showrunner. Mm. And, um, and he said, the thing is that we wrote this, I wrote this character, he said, months ago. And we'd already been auditioning people. We had our choices. But when I heard you speak, The minute you opened your mouth, the rhythm and the sound of your voice was exactly mm. how I imagined this character. Since that's why I decided to take a chance on you. And I mean, what a chance that was, right? And now he's become one of my best friends, uh, Alfredo Barrios Jr. Mm. And um, that was it. That was it. And Alfredo, by the way, is a big champion of Latin artists, a big champion of Latin artists. He's such a talented writer, showrunner, producer. And, uh, but that's how it got started, man. I never, never imagined it in a thousand years. And yet here we are. That's every extra's dream is hoping that they get to, you know, they get, because I, you know, I'm an actor as well. I've seen it happen when I was still working as an extra from time to time, you know, they'd randomly uh, be like, Hey, who's SAG? Who can say this one line? If you're SAG, come right. over. And they just do like an on the spot audition, every actor's dream, but to go from an extra to then a guest star. And, you know, 10 years later, you're on two shows. <laughs> like that's. Like, exactly like, uh, incredible really really incredible <laughs> and, and i guess honestly the, the the moral of the story is that just you 
you never know who's watching. You mm. never know who's listening. You never know who you're auditioning in front of. Even if it's a one line, even if mm. it's just to be background, you have no idea who's watching. That's, I guess, the moral that I take. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And then you went to guest star and recur in a number of other shows. We mentioned a few at the beginning of the show from Castle and Lethal Weapon to Snowfall and Better Call Sal. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to ask you if you have a favorite from any of those earlier roles? Well, honestly, Burn Notice uh, appearance to me is dear to my heart because it literally changed my life. Mm-hmm. And not only professionally, but it also introduced me to, like I said, one of my best friends now, Alfredo. Uh, so that one is dear to my heart. And all of those projects that you mentioned, it's really hard to pinpoint one because what's exhilarating to me out of all these things is meeting these these talented uh creatives you know producers directors writers other actors and and the exhilaration for me is that that sense of collaboration that tug of war that very healthy tug of war artistically speaking that i think it makes it difficult to 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 pinpoint one so to answer your question i'll tell you what my grandfather used to say uh, to me that that he would tell my my mother and her siblings when they were kids they were like well dad you don't love me he's like look i have three kids <laughs> three fingers cut one off tell me which one doesn't hurt so it's you know you can't really differentiate them so your character in in narcos mexico mm-hmm. um, is a, a politician and businessman by day and a money launderer and drug trafficker by night and while that sounds like you know, every other villain on this type of show, you know, whether it's in English or a Spanish language show, Naticos has the, you know, the incredible writing team on the show makes these sort of villainous antagonists multidimensional. They're not just like a Bond villain. That's like, you know, and that's it. They're evil and that's it. Mm-hmm. They almost make them relatable, mm-hmm. which is scary to try and think like, oh, I've got so much in common with this guy. Like, mm, should I? <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I'm sure it's very under wraps, but um, if there is anything you can tell us about um, your character, Carlos Hank Gonzalez, um, what can you share? Well, he was he was a very interesting uh, individual um, because uh, the, the truth of, of Carlos Hank is that he was one of the most powerful politicians in, in, in Mexico. And not only during the 90s, which is where the season kind of takes place in that decade, but way before that, from the 70s, 80s, this was a man that went from nothing, literally from selling candy in the street to becoming what he became, which was, like I said, one of the most influential politicians in Mexico. And the only reason he didn't become president of Mexico is because his father was German. And under Mexican constitution, your parents need to be Mexican born as well. Mm. But he even with that, he still exercised a great deal of influence in the Mexican uh, political arena. Uh, and, and we see this in full display. We see this in full display. And, and I think you hit it on the head, how they make these characters relatable. But the interesting is the interesting thing is that with the research that I did and, uh, and the little bit of experience that I had as a kid of meeting Carlos Han Gonzalez, I must have been like nine years old. Uh, I got to tell you that the man was, was relatable. He was very relatable. And um, it's, it's, it's definitely a kudos to the writers for making these, like you said, like 
like making him jump out of the page, not staying like you said, like the Bond villain. Just mm. you're bad because you're just bad. You know, it's there's a that's the nature of it. But these characters always uh, operate from a human uh from uh, from a human base it, uh, and this is my opinion that every everything a human does it comes from emotion and we all have emotions and uh and everybody does things good or bad to somebody else's eyes that are justified there's a just there's an emotional justification for what you do mm. and uh and, and and the writers and creators of narcos are very in tune with that and it shows it shows in their characters and it definitely shows on hunk It's interesting because you know, um, as an actor, I remember you know when I was in in college and whatnot, they always said that those brilliant performances you get from the actors who play the villains, they don't see themselves as as the villains. Like you said, there is that intention behind what they do, whether it's passion or or whatever it is. It's never like I'm the bad guy and I'm evil. They never think they are. It's always that sort of multi dimensionalness, and I'm really excited to see um, to see this existing story sort of fold out and this heightened version um and also wanted to ask um again because i we had seen recently that um you know one of the biggest latin artists in the world right now bad bunny is in the season of the show did you get to work with him at all um, um, we didn't get to work together because our characters don't cross paths in the mm -hmm. story but uh but i mean everything is connected and i did get to meet him a little bit and uh i can tell you one thing though um the guy is a is an artist through and through, but through and through, you will see, uh, people will see a side of him that they're not used to, uh, aside from being the musical genius that he is, you will really see an artist at work being able to jump into somebody else's shoes and at the same time, bring a side of him that, that nobody's seen. And I think it's, uh, If you're not a bad bunny fan, you're going to become one. I guarantee you, because the man is an artist. That's so cool. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait <laughs> yeah. for the season the way as it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll see. You'll so see. With both of you guys on it. <laughs> <laughs> and with your character in Hente Fight, Ernesto Morales, he left his family behind to chase his own American dream. We see him this season trying to make amends with his son, Chris, who is on his own journey for the modern American dream, looks like. Well, can you tell us about Ernesto and what we'll be seeing of him this season? Ernesto is, uh, like you described him, I think, perfectly. Uh, from my perspective, and this is a character that really hit home for me. Uh, because in, for the first time in, in all the, um, the characters that I've been able and lucky and blessed enough to, to, to portray in this crazy journey I'm in, Uh, this is the one that hits home the most because it's the one that's the closest to me. It's the, it, it's, we're very similar. Uh, I feel we have the same fears. We get our feelings hurt the same way. Um, uh, there's so many similarities. So this is a character that's very, very, very human, very down to earth that, uh, that I think as in my own personal experience in my life uh, comes to bridge a gap between not only two generations because i think i'm i'm of the generation that's stuck not stuck because it's not the word stuck but we're just placed in between two very contrasting generations as i suppose the baby boomers are and then the millennials and down and we're in the, my generation is in the middle so we have a little bit of a peripheral vision of both 
uh, generations wants and needs. And I think Ernesto is exactly that. And also, uh, on another level, which also hits home to me, is that he is through and through Mexican and at the same time is through and through American. And that's something out of my, in, in my own life, in my own experience, it, it's something that I feel. I am 100% Mexican. I was born and raised in Mexico, but I always had very close ties to this, this country, the United States. And now I've been here for over 20 years consistently. And it's my home and it's my culture and I feel part of it. But at the same time, I'm still... 110% Mexican. And I can see both sides of the coin. And uh, and it's a little bit, as you'll see in Gente to Fight for Ernesto, uh, it's it's lonely sometimes there, trying to, to, to bridge the gap between these two generations and these two cultures. And this season of Gente Fight, it's going to be it's going to be great. I'm telling you what, if you like season one, you're going to love season two. I, I think they really, really picked up their game. Oh yeah. They picked up their game they did. and uh, the direction uh, I was, uh, I can't even tell you how on cloud nine I was and still am uh, being directed by uh, uh, America Ferrara. Uh, I mean, she is that talk about another artist through and through. She's, she's amazing. And the writers, uh, Marvin and, and, uh, and Linda, it's they picked up their game seriously and, and they're such a such an example. I'm so proud to be part of it, of of, of what the, the 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 Latin artistry community has to offer. Yes. Stepping away from the typical, either you're the criminal, like you said, or you're the victim, or you're, you know, it's always like one dimensional. And here they 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 have this very unique um uh, ability. To, to just insert a character into your into your everyday American life way of living problems hurts uh, heartbreaks uh, we just happen to be Mexican it's such an interesting you know the whole generational aspect of it um, can be very binary those who are born here like I'm the child of immigrants but I was born in the states mm-hmm. um, and my parents came from El Salvador and just very different experience from them. And then my, some of my older cousins who were born in El Salvador, but then came here as kids or as teenagers, just very different. It's, it's, I'm very excited to see that, that different aspect because there is no sort of single experience. Every immigrant experience is different. Every Latino's experience is different. Every mm-hmm. American's experience is different. I really love that they're really fleshing that out this season. That's really awesome. Absolutely. And what you say, I think is very important. Because at the end of the day, we're all human beings and we all feel the same. It doesn't matter what language you speak or where you were born. You know, the, the, the feelings, the emotion, the human context is always there. And I'm so happy that, that they're giving us a platform to, to be part of that conversation. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew, but um, November, you know, they often call it Movember. Uh, and it's meant to sort of raise awareness for um, three health issues that plague men specifically. Uh, one of which is men's mental health. Um, and un- sadly, uh, mental health is still raging within the Latin community. Mental health is not something that is talked about a lot, unfortunately. It's, you know, especially with the machismo culture we're, we're raised in, it's suppress your emotions, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you've gone through your own struggle or if you know someone else that has, um, are there any words of encouragement that you can provide to your fellow Latinos? Absolutely. I um, I, I'm, Thank you for mentioning that because I just finished a film 
um, called Deadland that we just shot, uh, just finished a couple of weeks ago in Oklahoma. And uh, it's, um, I, mean, I, I don't know how much of it I can reveal, but I think the takeaway for me is the, is, is the mental health uh, aspect of it. That it's so sad to sometimes see that as a society, a part of us has become a little bit desensitized to, to, to the health, uh, mental health problems. It's so easy for us to, 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 to kind of look away when, 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 when somebody that's suffering from, from this type of ailment uh, crosses our path. It's so easy to jump over them when they're homeless in the street. And that's because we should never be desensitized to this. And getting ready for, for this role that I was just uh, telling you about in this film, uh, I tried to uh, um, engage with a lot of people. And it's sad, but there's a lot of people to engage, especially in Los Angeles, that are suffering from this. And they're, they're forgotten. They feel forgotten. And the takeaway I take, or, or what I would really want to convey, is that if, 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 if mental health is real, Number one, it's not a choice. You didn't choose to do something that let you there. It's an illness and it's serious. And it's in us to help, to make a difference, to help eradicate it. And I engaged with a lot of, um, of people uh, that are homeless, that are suffering from mental health. And it broke my heart. It always, always has broken my heart. It broke, it rebroke it and rebroke it in a thousand pieces because any fear, anything that makes anybody uncomfortable about somebody with mental health or talking about mental health, let me tell you, whatever they, whatever you feel, they're feeling it 10 times fold. They're more scared. They're more hurt. They feel forgotten. They feel ignored. They feel set aside. And this is a society that it, it, it's not sustainable if we cannot reach into our humanity, into our hearts, and give our brothers and sisters a lending hand. Because we're not in that position simply because we're lucky. That's it. You didn't win anything. You're not this special person. You're just lucky that you're not in their shoes. And you can't ignore it. Yeah, that's deep. Thank you for saying that. That's wow. Yeah. Representation is a big part of what we focus on with all our content. Our goal with Latin Arte is to showcase Latin artists. Representation is better known now than it was back in the day. Do you remember the first time you saw a performance that made you feel represented? The first time that I saw a performance that made me feel rep that made me feel I was being represented, uh, it, it did, and it's. Uh, this is so, oh my God, you're making me go down memory lane. And this is amazing. <laughs> I hadn't thought this in, in, in years. Uh, when I was a kid, there was a show called, and you guys are not even going to, you're not even remotely going to be near this one, but it was a show called Flamingo Road in the seventies, I think. <laughs> and there was a Mexican actor, Fernando Allende, that was, that, that was featured in it. And I remember as a kid watching it, and, 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 and seeing this man who's Mexican and kind of looked like me and sounded like me, but yet he was, he was there with all these stars and in TV and all this. And yet he looked so comfortable. He looked like he belonged. And that, that made me feel inspired. I was like, well, yeah, right. I mean, 
that's us. But what's the difference between them and, 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 and me? Nothing. When you look inside, we're just human. So that, I think that was the first ever experience of me seeing an artist was like, oh, wow. He, you know, it's, we're, we're, we belong. We're all the same. Right. <laughs> I agree. So our last question for you, Manuel, um, you know, with such a long and successful career, are there any words of uh, wisdom or advice that you can share with any of the young actors that might be tuning in? Absolutely. Like I said, there is never any small role or, or, or gig or opportunity or audition or street performance or just simply doing a video in your house, on your room, in your couch, by yourself. You never know who's watching. You never know who's listening. And the one thing that I wish that all young performers are going into this can take with them is that you don't have to try and play what you think what people want to see from you. At the end of the day, they just want to see you. You as you are, whatever language you speak, whatever is your 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 your, your preferences, your tendencies, your goals, your dreams, you are very unique. You're and there's only one like you. And you're human and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a human being that knows who they are, that's, that, under, that, that accepts who they are, most importantly. So my thing that I could tell a, a young person coming into this is don't, don't doubt who you are. If you accept who you are, people have no choice but to accept you back. And you are unique. And don't ever, ever, ever forget that or let anybody feel, make you feel that way, different. Because if anybody tries to make you feel different or wants to tell you that you need to be a certain way so that you can have a certain type of success, they're a little tone deaf. At the end of the day, that's not the truth. They want to see you. Thank you. That was a very humbling answer. Thank you. Really? Thank you so much, Manuel. Uh, thank you for joining us today uh, on Latin Arte. Where can folks find you on Instagram if they want to give you a follow? Oh, yes, they can. They can find me and uh, Manuel Uriza on Instagram and 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 Twitter at Uriza Manuel. You can follow me at Chechi510 on Instagram. And you can add me at Juan Ayala Official. Don't miss Manuel Uriza in Narcos, Mexico, season three, premiering November 5th on Netflix. And also on season two of Hentified, premiering November 11th on Netflix. Head on over to LatinBabbler.com to check out our the rest of our awesome content. And subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. <laughs>